There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh. It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken. Mm. Pico de gallo. Purple cabbage. And new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay. With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina chicken menu at Taco Bell. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, man. There. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that culture? Yes. Goodness. Wow. Las Culturistas. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. And rain on us, more like. Not even just me, because we're both in the same room. And if a cloud came and rained on us, it wouldn't have a very hard time doing so. That, every part of that statement is so accurate. Wait, did you <laughs> yes. say that? Did, did you just reveal that we were in the same room? I revealed. I went ahead and revealed. Was that okay? No, that's okay. I just, I, I took my headphones off. Um, are you going to take yours off too? I'm also taking mine off. Because Why? We can, I can put them, wait, does, am I making you feel self-conscious? No, 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 no. It was just, so basically for the, all the readers at home, we're kind of re-establishing what it means to record a podcast in the same room again. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that means many things. It means certain audio has to get figured out and we are just mere mortals here. We don't really know what we're doing. Is... Let me ask you something. Did it? It started to feel like the new normal that we were recording on Zoom, wasn't it? It started to feel like the new normal, and also to be honest with you, I felt like the guests that we were getting were extreme because only attainable through Zoom. Very much so. Like I well, then I thought to myself, like, okay, so the quarantine, right? Yes. The fact that it happened got us into Survivor. Yes. And then that's what got us Parv, and we would not have been able to have Parv if it weren't for COVID. I'm not saying I'm happy COVID happened at all. You're not. You're not like Jennifer Aniston in that Hollywood Reporter roundtable who was no. like, you know, COVID's actually a blessing. Yeah. And then, and then, fucking Janelle, Janelle Monae was like, like it, it wasn't a blessing, a blessing for, for our community. People. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and it basically, I'm not Jennifer Aniston right now. I am, however, saying that I am happy that we were able to have the kind of guests that we've had. Yes. Which because we felt unmoored by the location of it all. Right. And it was like we only have to be in the same time in the same 
not even the same place. We just have to be together at the same time. We just have to exist in the same world with internet, really, to get anyone we want. And we've asked some asks. We've had some asks. We've put some asks out. That's true. Um. Anyway, uh, readers, I am in L.A. now. This is a very long-standing plan. Since March, Sudi and I, we're going to fly out here. Anyway, I'm in Los Angeles now for a little bit. This is a long-standing plan. We're, we're taking every precaution we can. Isn't that right? Let's just say that Bowen and I are seated across the room from each other. And yes. it's very um, sort of the Fifty Shades of Grey boardroom scene where we are very much negotiating with each other um, from across the room. And it is dimly lit and the stakes are high. It's very power couple web series starring Matt Rogers and Sudi Green wow. directed by Peter Kelly. The Britney wow. Justin episode, which was modeled after that Fifty Shades scene. No, this is what it is. Thank you for that shout out to my work. It's wonderful work. My sketch please work. watch it. Um, it, you and I are Chloe and Hallie, and we are <gasps> we're in the tennis courts shooting our music videos. Wow, we are very Chloe and Hallie. It's very Chloe and Hallie. Can I say like out loud right now that we are the Chloe and Hallie of podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> and this is and that we were influenced by Beyonce and yes, our, our duo. We were influenced by Beyonce. We were um, raptured by a larger corporate structure, also known as iHeart. Also known as um, well, Will Ferrell is our Beyonce. Will Ferrell is really our Beyonce, and also we should say that um, while is it Chloe or Hallie that is in Little Mermaid? It's it's Hallie. Hallie, Hallie is in Little Mermaid, and we aspire to be in Little Mermaid as Flotsam and Jetsam. Yes. So there is like a familial thing here. We are all sisters, and I am so happy that my sister is here in Los Angeles with me because mm. I can better take care of her mm. and she me and also we can do things like this very fun episode because I don't know if you know and I know that you know but that's a way I can transition into saying yes. it's actually our 200th episode of Las Culturistas can you believe it and there's I mean let's do the math 200 times 1.5 that's 300 hours on average yeah. of us talking Hundreds and of hours of us out there shooting the absolute shit. Saying really crazy things. And that's the thing is it's like people who are like, I'm starting the podcast from the beginning. I'm like, oh, bitch. bitch it you're, is you're about gonna, to be a journey. You're going to hear us talking about how we can't wait for Hillary Clinton to win the damn presidency. Let's just say we, like the rest of the world, from March 2016 to November 2016, were quite confident and now it it is like kind of crazy to think like um, how far not only like the podcast has come, but also the world has come and we've come individually, but also that we started this in a different world. climate. Yeah. Like in almost every way. I mean, yeah. And look, now you and I are both completely radicalized mm -hmm. and... Um, we're radical girls. We're radical girls. We embrace the radicality. Yeah, radical too. Let me just say, Matt Rogers just mixed to me the strongest vodka Red Bull I've ever had. And it's a, yeah. and a tall, tall tumbler. Well, there's two shots in it. Two full shots. Girl, I have not had a full-on cocktail in like a month. Well, this is part of the new normal, which is we have to find a way to drink too much even though we're not going out. And this is just going to be... Yes. Look, I'm excited that... Bowen is here. It's our 200th episode. I mixed us a little celebratory cocktail. Yes. And I'm very excited about it because this is not just the 200th episode. We've actually prepared, which we do not often do for Las no, Culturistas. We, don't we have prepare. prepared a list. 
And it's it's actually rule of culture number 13. Culture, culture is, is lists. lists. Absolutely. And Bowen, what is this list? So it's our 200th episode of Lost Culturistas, not counting those little, you know, ad swamps where we just do a little 15-minute episode where we show you a preview of a jaws theme podcast or whatever this no is longer. our 200th standalone episode yes. so in honor of this uh, we have prepared a list of the top 200 moments in culture history these are the top 200 moments that have happened in culture history as decided by matt rogers and bowen yang yes. lost culturistas we are a little bit drunk yes. but we feel very confident yes about what we've put on the list that today. This is a definitive list that is empirically ordered, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, every spot on this list uh, is a huge deal. Yeah. It's culture. It's it's something that shapes the culture in a positive way from the beginning of recorded history. Yes, from our viewpoint, which yes. is the empirical objective viewpoint. Because yes. if you actually remember the first episode of Las Culturistas, and we're calling all the way back, yes. we did say it. If we say it on this podcast, it is canon. Did we say this? Yes, we we said we are Las Culturistas. It means yes. we are the arbiters of culture and taste. Yes. I mean, we, we really evolved over the course of that first episode where we started out, I do believe we started out by saying we're the arbiter, we're the consultants of culture. Culture consultants, which is not a phrase we have said since. Not since, but I really want to harken back to that sort of, um, that ethos. And then, yeah. and then by the end of the episode, I guess we said that anything that we say is canon. Yeah. Well, even if it wasn't said, I'm saying we said yes, it. Yes, yes. And what, what's important is that we, as culture consultants, have yes. consulted with each other. Yes. And I don't trust anyone as much as Bowen Yang. And I don't trust anyone as much as Matt Rogers. And you know this. I've been, I have not been blowing smoke up your ass these last couple of days since I've seen you uh, in person. I was like, Matt Rogers, he's... He's the, he's he's the one. He's the culture maven. Well, and we know that Bowen Yang has, you know, not only created culture in his own right, but he is a, a one of the refined minds of our generation. Yes! And this is us sitting in my apartment absolutely blowing smoke off each other's buttholes, tight or otherwise. Tight or otherwise. And I have to say, we have raised our drinks, and this is also going out to not only just our incredible team at iHeart, but also shout out to Fred. Dog. Shout out to Forever Dog. Shout out to us, all. Yes, go. Who gave us our start and allowed us to do exactly what we, what we wanted to do. Shout out to every single guest we have had on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And what else? Anyone that's come to our live shows. Yes. I don't think so, honey. Live. Anyone that's bought a ticket. Anyone who's performed for that matter. Performed for that show. And also, we have to say to all the readers. Thank you, bitch, for listening to Las Culturistas, whether you're a recent uh, person who started listening or you've been here from the very beginning. I remember we used to look at our listener account and be like, oh, my God, 62 people listen. And it remember was that? huge. I remember the day that we broke three digits, three mm -hmm. figures. And that was a big day. I think it was on the Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp episode, the first and one. And they'll be back. And they'll be back. Stay and they'll tuned. be back. Um, but suffice it to say, we have accrued much knowledge over these years yes. doing the podcast. And we came in with our inherited knowledges as homosexual gay men. Yes. And we have put together this list. Now, Matt alluded to earlier that we consulted with each other on this list. And that is yeah. true. We... There were a, a couple points of contention on this list. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take some stuff off. I wanted to add some stuff in. Matt said, no, we're keeping that. No, we're, we're not putting that in. 
Although I will say, ultimately, this was a pretty... We only disagreed about two or three items, and like pretty much the rest of it is Of course, canon. but I'm saying this is a collaborative effort. This is an effort that we had to... Yes. ...kind of watch ourselves on, on an individual level and be like, actually, no, if this is not important to me, this is important to him, or it's important to me and not to him, and I'm going to fight for its importance. This is a beautiful list. I think it's some of our best work. I think it's some of our best work and I think that everything here has a place here and belongs here and I am excited to start the list, the yes. unveiling of the top 200 moments in pop culture history. Yes. Okay, let's begin. The very ado. first thing we have to say there is an honorable mention yes. on the list. Honorable mention, she did not make the cut. She almost made the cut. Ladies and gentlemen, number 201, but doesn't really get a number because she did not make the list. It is Nicole Scherzinger. Nicole Scherzinger. Give it up. I mean, I was listening to React today. Mm -hmm. Oh, What a comeback single. A great comeback single. And you know, I've really respected her since buttons absolutely oh yeah and you've you've had to respect her at some point especially when she was andrew lloyd webber's uh, erstwhile muse and then they oh, fell yeah. out they had a falling out yeah well they you know they had a falling out because she wanted to do the x factor in the uk because she is famously an international talent yes. show judge yes. and we respect that and you respect her because she's an international talent show judge yes. and she also can turn a musical theater performance. oh yeah Oh yeah, and the voice you can't you can't dispute. You it. just can't beat it. I mean, her performance of "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina" was absolutely amazing. And Andrew Lloyd Webber famously said, "I mean, the way she acted that amazing, and she's incredible." But she did not make. She the did list. not make the list. But she let's get going. It. Let's get started. Unless we have to blow past a lot of these items. But let's start with number two hundred. Let's say it together for all of these. Number two hundred. When, when Britney, Britney said "Good, good morning, morning, America." Oh, uh, when Britney came out and said "Good morning, America" in that voice. I mean, I think that we. We all knew she was back. She we knew she was back promoting her new lead single, Good Hold morning, It Against America. Me. Good morning, America. <laughs> and I promise you, it'll be a morning to remember. See you soon. That Would was, you hold I it think, against me? Oh, and then the transition into, Would you hold, hold it against me? me? I mean, there, there has a lot that can be said about Britney Spears. She is a revolutionary pop star, but yes. when she came out and said, good morning, America, I feel that America really woke up. She had just, I mean, it sounds like from her, for the timbre of her voice, it sounded like she had just swan dived into a pool, got a little phlegmy in the nose and in the mm -hmm. sinus. And yeah. then they were like, Britney, you have to shoot your good morning America promo right now. I mean, it sounded like, like a cartoonishly big hammer hit her right in the nose and broke it. I mean, like, honestly, it was, we will never get answers really as to why it no. was the way it was. But I can say one answer to your question, was this iconic? Yes, it yes, was. It and was. it's number 200 on our list. Yes. Let's move on to number 199. It is TLC's, TLC's Unpretty, Unpretty video. video. This was an amazing video, an amazing song that was later covered by Glee stars. Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle, And I believe Diana Agron. Diana, when they did Unpretty, uh, mashed up with I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. Iconic mashup. Yes. But of course, we have to go back to the source. And that was the Unpretty video, which starred T-Buzz, Chili, and Left Eye in some sort of future, some like, sort of floating den there's which was very much den. their vibe it was off of fan mail and of course yes. we all remember the theme was like y2k digital mm -hmm. and it's the, the video is sort of interspersed with cuts to a bunch of monitors that say things like probe searching or yeah. digital 
search or yes. you know, these very new concepts at the time. Like computers were huge at this time. And so what they did was they blended the idea of computers yes. with the idea of Feeling body pretty, image. Body image. And so they took those two things and put them together. And honestly, this is an absolute bop of a song. Its lyrics are beautiful. And the video took it to the next level. You got acting from the girls. And I love it when a pop star acts. Yes. And we can't have TLC erasure. No, no, no. I mean... And we can't have erasure over the fact that T-Boz went on Celebrity Apprentice and was, and had to make an impression for our current president. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. To think that these celebrities had to dance and to think that T-Boz had something like unpretty inside her and she had to like bow down to Trump. No, like please, Trump needs to have some respect for T-Boz and by extension, Chili and Left Eye, who we say rest in peace, Left Eye. You are amazing and an icon. You're amazing and an icon. What's the next one, Matt? Well, the next one, number 198 on our top 200 items and culture list is the, the Austin, Austin Powers, Powers trilogy. trilogy, starring Mike Myers. I think we can say this was an incredible character. An incredible character for Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. What a vehicle. And I, you cannot dispute that it was a trilogy. Oh, no, there were three films in this series, which makes it a trilogy by definition. And to think of the characters that were born not just from one film, but two and three films. You had Fat Bastard. Played by Mike Myers. Played by Mike Myers. You had Goldmember. Played played by by Mike Mike Myers. Myers. You had Seth Green, Scotty. You had Seth Green as Scotty. I mean, also never forget, probably the iconic character from it all is not even Austin, but I would say Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil, played by Mike Myers. Play And to think, he is in, out there playing multiple characters. This obviously is an actor who has been involved in sketch. Yes. And we know that from his origins at Saturday Night Live. Yes. Which puts him in the family. Which puts him in the family. You know, many people say Dr. Evil is based on Mr. Lorne Michaels. Can you confirm or deny? I can neither confirm nor deny. You'll just wow. have to watch it. Wow. Okay. And also we have to shout out the amazing women of the franchise. I'm talking about Elizabeth Hurley, Heather Heather Graham, Graham. and Beyonce Knowles Carter. The fear in Bowen's eyes as he checked in with me that it was, in fact, Heather Graham. It was. I was sure that it was Heather Graham. Okay. I wasn't sure if you like had had left Heather Graham's mind behind back in 2003. Excuse me, this is the hangover erasure. Wow. She had to come back. Her incredible performance, her incredible versatile performance empowered in the hangover performance series. in the hangover trilogy. An empowered performance. And I think we can all agree that Austin Powers was comedically a formidable trilogy in its time. I'm saying, I, you and I have talked about how, I mean, oh, I yeah. love Austin Powers. Me too. It's uh, I'm not lying, and I want them to do a fourth. Is our energy manic right now? I am. I, the Red I Bull, the vodka Red Bull is hitting me <laughs> sideways. It's fucking me sideways, and I am, woo! I'm, I'm happy that someone's getting fucked sideways. I'm amped. I'm not. You know what? Let's you, talk no, about. Can we talk about something? What? I did the math. I have not had sex since December. You did uh, for I, for a second. I thought you said. I did meth. No. I said you I did, did not have math, sex. And you have not I had did, sex since when? I did meth and I did the math. <laughs> and I have not had sex since December. We don't have to. We, don't, we can cut this That's out. That's six months. Yeah. And We're not going to cut it out. Bitch. Bitch. Well, we'll have to find someone who's COVID-free in Los Angeles for yes. you. I, I literally implore. Like, it, it it's going to be such a fabulous experience to for the person fucking you and for you to have sex. That's because so much pressure on them and on It me. doesn't have to be a lot of pressure. You know what? It should be fun. It's actually rule of culture number 11. Sex should be, should be fun. fun. We are minutes into this episode. <laughs> sips into our drinks. And 197 away from our top number one moment in culture. Let's keep going. So our number 
number 197 moment of culture is Ocean, Ocean Expedition, Expedition slash Exploring, exploring of, of Our, our World Seas. Seas. Now, Matt, you put this in. Explain this. I think that once we dis- once we discovered that we could go into the ocean and yes. discover the bottom of the seas, yes. that opened the door to so much culture. Because think about all the culture we would not have if we hadn't been able to explore the seas yes. of the world. You know, Titanic, which we're going to touch on later. Oh, yeah. We would never have Titanic fever. Finding Dory. Have- That's what I'm saying. Finding Dory. And yes. also finding Nemo, we yes. would not have. There are so many things that are happening in the ocean that we need. We required scientists to have the technology to go around the ocean to discover. Do you have any oceanographers, marine biologists that you want to shout out right now? Yes, I would love to shout out um, Miss Frizzle, Frizzle, who got in her, um, of course, magic school of bus, course. which was famously was magic, and dove to the bottom of the sea. Mm-hmm. And we should say right now, as I shout her out, Miss um, Frizzle did not make the top 200 items We're of culture. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. We apologize to her. Not that she didn't have an impact. She just wasn't one of the top 200. She... And like we're not talking about her. Like I, I, I did not. Th- I have not thought of Miss Frizzle in so long. And I it, can't say that I have either. It took you to bring her up for me to remember who she was. What is your favorite moment in ocean history? I think my favorite moment in ocean history was when. I mean, we're gonna talk about it later. So I, I don't want to sort of shoot my load as it blow were. the load, blow as my it were. load as it were. Yeah. Um, but you know, just even the beginning of Titanic, I remember yes. as a kid when they were going down into the rusty rust of of the ship. Mm-hmm. I was like, "There's something about this that I love. I want to be down there. I want to. I want to yep. dig up the little things from the fireplace." And absolutely, there's something. There's something so great about that, and like it just made me. You know, if if Titanic, if I followed that thread mm-hmm. a little bit more, if I pulled on that a little bit more, I might have been. You know, the um, a marine biologist. Uh, you know who Bill Paxton in that movie? I might have been like you he, might have been like Bill Paxton in that movie. I've been able to discover many things, but and wear an but, earring. He had an ear piercing. Remember exactly. He did in a shaggy haircut, and they cut a plot line where he fucked Susie Amos, who became James Cameron's wife. But listen, it's stay implied. Tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're gonna have to stay tuned on, on that, that one, one because let's just say that we may not be done with Titanic fever. Uh, no, sir, not okay. yet. Okay, so next what's one. This, this next one is 196. It's Will, Will Smith. Smith as a rap slash pop star. Who could forget? But you think there's a world where he was a pop star? He was a popular rap artist. I, I would go as so far as to say that his rap was more pop music than it was like hard rap music. Not yeah. that rap music has to be hard, but I'm going to say it got more play on pop radio than it did probably on urban radio. I don't yes. know. I don't have those facts and figures in front of me, but I think, you know, when someone like Will Smith is singing songs like The Wild Wild West, is singing songs like Men in Black, is singing songs Getting like Jiggy, with, jiggy it. with It, yeah. You know, I'm thinking this is someone who's appearing on pop radio with a pop sensibility. And he did really have an impact. He had a huge impact, I would say. I remember, I really did feel something. I never ended up seeing the movie. But when the Wild Wild West trailer played on TV. Oh, honey. I was like, there's something so cool about this. Mm-hmm. And and wait, this is a Stevie Wonder song? Like, I, you know, it just opened a lot of doors for me culturally. Well, I'll tell you what you missed out on was some iconic Salma Hayek culture mm. because she is, of course, the female lead in that little film. Yes. And there's great performances in it. It's a silly, silly movie, and you do see a little Will Smith butt in it. Who 
who could dispute that? Who could I who mean, could, who could resist that? I, no one could resist, especially at that time. Will Smith was a movie star and a music star, which gets lost. Gets lost, and this is the moment in culture that we wanted to sort of canonize yeah. in the list. Right. Okay, great. I wouldn't say anything else that he's done has is worth mentioning on this list. Just him as a rap slash pop star. His musical. Remember, just the two of us. Oh my God! Get out just of here. Just the two of us. We, we can, can make it, it if we, we try. Iconic culture. Iconic. Um, the and next. Speaking of iconic musical culture, Bowen, this one, number 195 is... The, the Boy, Boy is, is mine. mine. It just... It still holds up in a way that is yes. that not a lot of culture does. That opening, that dialogue. I mean, what other songs have dialogue to open them? I mean, none like this. None what we like get this. is a full scene with the two young women. Of course, I'm speaking of Brandy and Monica. Yes. And would we be able to do the dialogue right now? Absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, you're, you're famously I'm, Brandy, I'm Brandy and, and you're I'm Monica. Monica. Yeah, that's how, that's how we identify. Okay, go. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? Mm-hmm. Sure, you know... You look kind of familiar. Yeah, you do too. But um, I just wanted to know. I want to. I want to know. Do you know somebody named? <laughs> you you know his name. Oh yeah, definitely. I know his name. Well, I just want to let you know that he's mine. <laughs> no, no, he is mine. I have a question to ask you. Go ahead. Ask Where me. do you think they were in that scene? What's the place? Because I have a clear answer from the very first moment I heard this as a child. I have a clear answer of where they were. Okay, I'm gonna say they're at a public pool. Okay. That's cool. As an, I was in elementary school at the time, and so for me, like the social hub in elementary school is the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though, so even though the, these were women in their late teens slash early twenties, mm-hmm. um, at the time of recording, I imagined yes. them to be in a cafeteria setting of some sort. So you did see them in sort of like a high school vibe. I thought it was high school, but even like more specifically spatially, it was in the cafeteria of my elementary school in Montreal at the time. I get it. Okay, in so I think for me, I kind of I, I associate this as being like a summer jam. Yes. And I think I saw like a pool, yeah. A pool because it was a summer. Mm-hmm. And also just like them sort of being at a place where one could be with their group of friends. Yes. And another could be with their group of friends. And where does that happen? The, the public pool. pool. For some but reason. But I, I haven't thought about it until this moment. That's but isn't that an interesting question to ask? So ask yourself, reader, where when you first listened to the boys' mind, where did you think that Brandy and Monica were in the beginning? Yeah, and also any any um, song, any song that you hear, think where is this happening? Where? It's it's actually rule of culture number thirty. Any, any song, song that, that you think, hear, think. Where is this happening? Like on the album Chromatica, we can imagine that a lot of those songs are taking place on, on Chromatica. Chromatica. Yes. But the geopolitical thoughts around music, I think, are left out of the conversation. Right. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of geopolitical thoughts, we are going to move along <laughs> to so, um, much so, so much, uh, so such a mind went into the creation of this movie. But we're not talking about the writing of the movie. We're talking about a specific performance in the movie. 194 on our top 200 is Rooney, Rooney Mara in the, the social, social network. network. Now, why is this culturally important, Bowen? She is in that the character of Erica. In mm-hmm. the social network, yes. Mark Zuckerberg's fictional, perhaps former girlfriend, mm-hmm. is in, I want to say, three scenes in the entire movie. But she mm-hmm. makes an impact. I mean, she sets up the flaw of Mark Zuckerberg, which is that he's hubristic and 
whatever, only is concerned about being cool. And she delivers iconic lines such as, because I watched this movie the other night with my parents. It's on Netflix. And they loved it. They were like, Mark Zuckerberg is like this? I was like, yes. Mm. According to Aaron Sorkin. But the line, the girls aren't going to not like you because you're a nerd. They're not going to like you because you're you're an an asshole. asshole. And then the internet is not written in pencil. I think it's written in ink. Mm. I mean... She is really good in this. And I would say it's a tone setting for a fabulous movie. Yes. And also it kind of like did give birth to Rooney Mara, David Fincher muse, who, because then she was famously in Elizabeth Salander. She was Elizabeth Salander and she was famously in the girl with the dragon tattoo, which got her an Oscar nomination. Yes. And would she have done that? Had she not slayed so hard in the social network? Also iconic BU representation. Yes. And there's BU not girl. enough. Not there's enough. There's not BU enough. Girls. We don't see enough BU girls in film. And that's real culture number 97. We don't, we don't see, see enough, enough BU, BU girls, girls in film. film. We really don't. We're going so slow. We're only <laughs> we're only seven things in. We're 27 minutes in. Hans, Hans, our producer, said heads up, we're 27 minutes okay, in. Well, let, no one asked him. Let's no just, one asked let's him. Let's just blast through these. No one 193 asked him. is... And he's doing a little cute little um, sort of smiley face with the tongue sticking out, but no one asked him. No one asked him. What Rule of culture number... I mean, this is not rule of culture. This is uh, moment. cultural moment number 193 is Matt, Matt Rogers, Rogers and, and Sudi Green, Green appearing, appearing on Who Wants, Wants to Be a Millionaire. I won $5,000 and Sudi Green was my phone my phone a friend, aka plus one, because yes. they got rid of phone a friend. It was a very much not a lucrative moment, but it was an entertaining moment. And Chris Harrison shook your hand very hard. Chris Harrison did a Trump shake on my hand where he shook it and pulled me into a cert dominance over me. And you can find it online and I am not lying. And okay, let's move on to (laughs) number 192. Alaska's Alaska's May West West Snatch Game game Performance. performance. Oh, why don't you come up and fuck me in the ass sometime? I think the undisputed best Snatch Game performance ever. uh, Followed very closely (laughs) by Jinx's Little Edie. Absolutely, yes. I would say. Okay. And really what this does, this Alaska's May West moment on the list really represents all Snatch Games because it is a moment of culture. It's a moment of culture. So we're moving forward. Uh, number 191 on the list of top 200 moments in culture history. It's the, the game, game tag. tag. You know what? You love it. You played it, likely, with many girls. They made a movie about it? Yes. Yes. And it's the game of when you are running around and you tag someone with your hands yes. and they become, quote, it. unquote, it. Yes, yeah. yes. It's actually rule of culture number four. When you, you are, are tagged, tagged you, you, become, are, you become, quote, quote unquote, unquote, it. Let's just keep going. Number yeah. 190 is The Jaws, Jaws Ride Opens at Universal, Universal Studios. Studios. Now, this was an iconic moment in my personal culture, and I think the culture of many, which was you could board a ship mm-hmm. in Universal Studios in Amity Arbor, yes. and that ship would be repeatedly attacked by the villainous shark Jaws. Yes, and how would Jaws meet its demise? It would bite onto an electrocuted wire? Well, yes, it would bite onto the electrocuted wire and explode in flames. It mm-hmm. would then arrive at the surface of the water as yes. a charred mess, and then it lunges at the boat one final time. The skipper shoots a shotgun at it. It finally dies, and um, that is how you survive the menace of Jaws. And I can say here and now it no longer exists, yes. but for the one in Japan. Yes, but so for the one in Japan. You've got to go out there to Japan if you want to ride it. Otherwise, I just can't help you. We're going to go there someday, very soon, once it's Day. safe. 
When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yes. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, you, the possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, 189 is Mario Kart. Kart. Oh my God, who hasn't played this one? Who hasn't played this one? You love it. You love it. And who are you usually when you play? I'm usually a peach in the old school games, but in the new school games, I like to be a Wario. I like to be a Toadette. 
So what about you? you like to be a Wario and a Toadette. I am always going to be Miss Toad. You love Miss Toad. I love Toad because I feel she was moving around the fastest. I love the kind of sounds she made, such yes. as this. Yeah. That's like good. I thought that that was so enthusiastic, and I loved her her freedom. Yes. I don't know why I'm calling Toad a female. I don't think Toad really has a gender. Don't misgender Toad. No, Toad is male. You feel this way? Toad is male. There is a famously trans character in the Mario canon, which is Birdo, who is Birdo. I would I would I should say Birdo is trans. That's a real thing. Yes, she's she was assigned male at birth, and. In the the lore of the second Mario, like the whole thing was bird, like back then, and this is like the rough Japanese translation, but it was Birdo thinks he's a girl. But then like Mario and Nintendo have like sort of grown along with the time socially and they're like, no, Birdo's trans. Is that serious? It's serious. Look it up. Look it oh up. my God, I love that. Um, Moving on to one hundred <laughs> number 188, it's Celine, Celine Dion's, Dion's Las, Las Vegas, Vegas residency. residency. Really made being in Vegas what it is. And she kept it for so long. She kept it going for so long. It was the double E thing to do with your mother when you were in Vegas. Absolutely. And, you know, she's also kept those vocals up. Mm-hmm. We can see her with that mask on, that sort of saline mask. With iconic culture is that image. Yes. And we have to thank Renee. We have to thank Renee. We can't really get into how... Angelil. It's a little... Pro- it feels a little predatory to me that Renee you know, went after Celine. You went there. You I, really went I, there. We have to, it's 2020. We got to talk about these things. We, <sighs> we love, we love that Celine loved him. Yeah. Um, but you know, we got to question Renee's motives at the Certainly time. Certainly an odd relationship, but one that did stand the test of time. Yes. And, um, she was with him until his dying day. And, you know, Celine, we thank you for your incredible talent, yes. the way you touch the world. Yes. And we remember Renee, even though we have questions yes. about the genesis of the relationship, but that's really none of our business, no. is it? No. French we, Canadian queen. French Canadian queen. We just bring it up. Um, we just bring it up. That's all. We bring it up. And that's our role is to bring it up. Now, Bowen, one, number 187. Huge. Nadia Comaneci achieving, achieving a perfect, perfect 10, 10 in, in gymnastics. gymnastics. Had never been done before. And then she did it so many times at that Olympics. You know, she received over six top 10 score, ten, perfect 10s. You know this off the top of your head. I looked it up actually today wow. uh, because I was thinking about putting it on the list. And then I saw that you had already added it. And I okay. thought, okay, we are simpatico. Because I also just recently watched the documentary Athlete A oh, on Netflix, which is a startling watch. Yes. But I think an important watch. And they talk about how Nadia was like the prototype mm. for that young, young, young girl that they created into like an Olympics monster. The world over because China's fucked up with this oh, too. Oh, f- completely fucked. And I mean, the fact of the matter is like, we have to have a serious look at the way we are sort of grooming these young girls to be these these machine athletes because... We see that in the U.S. it kind of got a little out of control. And by a little control, I mean a lot out of control. The doctor was a sexual predator. So, Oh, my God. But was it an achievement that Nadia got those tens? Yes, (laughs) Yes, it was. was. And it was a moment in culture. Let's go to 186. What is this? Shelly Duvall in in The the Shining. Shining. Wow. We all remember her running about that house. With the knife. I mean, the screams. The most iconic scream in film history. Oh, can you do it? Pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, Doug. Oh my God. Literally, our engineer, Doug, I know his head absolutely exploded on that one. But she was giving you, and Stanley Kubrick was 
I mean, psychologically torturing this poor woman. And oh, I think yeah. it had a lasting impact on her because Miss Duval, we hope she's doing well now, but you know, things took a turn. We Hi, love- I'm Shelley Duval. Those were the glory days of Shelly, but now, like, she's in, like, she was in, in an interview, like, a few years ago, just, like, she's in a bad way. Poor Shelly. Yeah. She, um, you know, I, I, I think we got an amazing performance out of her, but at what cost? At what cost? It did create culture. Let's keep going. Okay, so number 185 is The, the Name, name Amanda, Amanda culture. culture. So there are so many millions of women across America are named Amanda. Yes. And this is a name that... You know, very similar to the name Chris, Mm -hmm. I think with men, Amanda has really taken over and Amanda has absolutely revolutionized the Hollywood industry because every publicist is named Amanda. Yes. Many managers and agents named Amanda. And some talent named Amanda. Some talent is named Amanda. I would say that Amanda made a huge impact on the culture, but not even just in showbiz. Let's not limit it to showbiz. No, I would say in classrooms, in elementary school classrooms everywhere where there were at least four Amandas in every class. Amanda, really, when we were growing up, it really took the world by storm. From the years 1987 to 1992, there were approximately a billion Amandas. A billion Amandas who are now in positions of middle management and even executive leadership, and you cannot dispute Amanda. But, you know, we don't forget the Amandas that have been left behind yes you know and and some amandas um they feel that they must shorten their name to mandy and we're thinking of them we're thinking of them and we are not going to tell you what to do either way but you know just go back to your roots you're an amanda you have our support number 184 on our top 200 list dakota Dakota fanning Fanning sets a child actress precedent and is is eaten by by her her own sister l who could forget when Dakota Fanning really set the tone for child actresses and then was eaten by her own sister, Elle Fanning? Yeah. What do you think was the last great Dakota Fanning work? I want to say it's Uptown Girls. I was going to say it's Uptown Girls and World War. Uh, War World, of the Worlds. World War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, she was fin- I mean, you, excellent. If you can hold your own opposite Tom Cruise. Oh my God. You're you're really something. You are a real talent if you can hold your own off against that crazy man. But let's not forget, I mean, once upon a time in Hollywood, she played Squeaky, Squeaky. from. Mm-hmm. I didn't see this. She's phenomenal. Well, she's an incredible talent. She's an incredible talent. And you know that she consistently works in television now on that show with um with okay. Luke Evans. I don't watch this show. Who is like fully gay, by the way. I didn't realize this. Oh my God, no. He's like literally the hottest and he's very gay on his Instagram. And he said this thing on Pride where he posed with his boyfriend. And I didn't realize he had like come out. And then I realized maybe he never did. Which I love. Which, oh God, he didn't have to publicize it too much. Oh, here we go. Someone wrote The Alienist Angel of Darkness. Thank you. So what we've got here is Hans has come in and in huge bold made us know that the the series that Dakota Fanning is in is called The Alienist. But we, of course, remember her best from her incredible performances in Uptown Girls. I am Sam. I am Sam. Remember uh, that movie, she did the scary movie with Robert De Niro, Hide and Seek? Yes. That was shocking. Shocking. Wait, we have to talk about Elle. We're ignoring the Elle of it all. And she completely ate her own sister. I mean, Elle came in and was in Maleficent 1 and 2. But Elle was coming in not as a child actress, and she was more of a teen, like, ingenue, you know? Now she's in The Great, getting amazing notices. But, like, Super 8 into Maleficent, into... um, She was a kid in Super 8. She was a kid in Super 8, but that that movie, that Sofia Coppola movie... 
the on Beguiled. The beguiled, the Beguiled. She was incredible in The Beguiled. Very funny. Very funny in The Beguiled. She's really come out as, and also 20th Century Women, don't forget. 20th Century Women. Have to She's so that. good. She's got the damn resume. And she Dakota does. used to have the resume, but that's what happens when you set a precedent is your own sister might eat you. But we're saying that Dakota is still very much established and working on very good projects. She is a gold standard. She's just not sort of... Um, she couldn't have stayed a child forever. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I hope that she comes back with an adult role. Yes. <laughs> okay, so number 183 is the Real, Real Housewives, Housewives of, of Potomac. Potomac. You've got uh, Karen. You've Karen. got... Huger. You've got... Um, Giselle, Giselle, Mama. Oh, my God. Ashley. Oh, we've got an amazing cast and also real drama, real stakes. And honestly, the other franchises need to take a page out of the Potomac book, scale it back, get human drama, real drama. Yes. And honestly, we need a full reboot of these other franchises. And I'm not afraid to say it on this podcast. Thank Nothing you. is doing what Potomac is doing. And for that, it gets listed on our number 183 on top 200 moments of culture history. Is, 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 the, is the cocktail hitting you? Yes. <laughs> number 182 is Rosie, Rosie Perez, Perez dancing in, in the, the opening, opening credits, credits of, of Do, Do the, the Right Thing. Bowen Yang, speak on this. Specifically in the opening credits of Do the Right Thing. Obviously a huge movie, a seminal movie, one of Spike Lee's best works. But Rosie Perez dancing to Fight the Power um, huge. I mean, what a huge moment. Sexual, powerful, political, all at once. And you couldn't have had it with anyone else but Miss Rosie Perez, who went on to do great things. And she was an Oscar nominee for the film Fearless, and we respect. Yes. Number 181 is Adam, Adam Lambert, Lambert and, and Clay, Clay Aiken, a.k.a. Glambert and Claymate Culture, a.k.a. Middle-aged women love gays. I think enough has been said about that. That's the full explanation. And it speaks for itself. Number 180, Jane, Jane Fonda Workouts. Workout. Because she's most commonly, I think, known as an actress yes. and an activist, but we know her primarily as a Buns of Steel queen. A woman in five acts, a woman Ooh! with Buns of Steel. Oh, please. Revolutionizing the way white women got their skinny little tight booties. Yes. And it was a revolution. It, and was it was a revolution. Not televised, but on tape. Oh, it, the revolution will be on tape. tape. It's actually Rule of Culture number 200. The, the revolution, revolution will be, be on tape, tape if Jane, Jane Fonda has anything, anything to, to say, say about, about it. it. 179 is the, the second, second half, half of Gone, Gone Girl, Girl, the, the book. book. Girl, when, you, when, you, when that twist hit you that she was still alive, spoiler alert. Ugh. I've never had more fun while the reading. The cool girl monologue? Oh, yes. that was writing. Thank you, Gillian Flynn. Thank you, Gillian. You served it up on that one. Thank you. And now 178. Aunt, Aunt Viv, Viv getting, getting recast on Fresh, Fresh Prince. Prince. Now, why did this happen? And why is it important that we comment on it? And you know, there's no time. We're going to move on to 177. Number 177. <laughs> Emily, Emily Blunt's breakout, breakout work in, in the, the Devil Wears Prada. Prada. This was Emily Blunt absolutely entering the main stage. And you were like, who is this woman? Is she really British? Because she's laying on this accent thick. But then you find out, oh, she really is British. But the moments in that movie, I love my job. I love my, I job, love my I job. I love my I job. job. And also, you can never forget, I'm only one stomach flew away from my goal weight. I have Patrick. Amazing. 
unbelievable. I mean, listen, Emily Blunt, we have her today because of her Golden Globe nominated work and the Devil Wars Prada, and we hashtag Stan. Do you wait before we move on? Remember when her and Anne Hathaway presented the Oscars for Meryl that year, and it was a whole bit, and it was like funnier than any, you know. Any comedy. Any comedy I've ever seen. It was funnier than any comedy I've ever seen. And Emily Blunt, I'll never forget when she when she snaps her fingers like yes. to tell Anne Hathaway to go into the room. So good. So good. So good. Thank you, Emily. So speaking of ladies who are high fashion, we have number 176, Rihanna, Rihanna at, at the, the Met Gala. Gala. Wow. <laughs> the Met Ball Gala. Bowen Yang is feeling his Red Bull vodka. Now, what are some incredible looks of Rihanna at the Mecca? I'm, of course, always remembering her yellow moment with that huge China. circular train. Huge. Oh, my God. We always remember the Pope outfit. Papal. Papal. Um, the Catholic imagination theme, of course. We remember so much Rihanna. She is the number one Met Gala moment. She is the staple. And remember, she is out there, you know, not necessarily making music, but she has pivoted to fashion in a way that is controversial, but we respect. I'm for it. I'm all for it. I'm for it. Okay, so 175. Every, Every time, time Kenny, Kenny died, died on South, South Park, and, and they, they say, oh my God, God you killed, killed Kenny. Kenny. You it was bastard. Really, you bastard it was really cartman who said you can't kill and then remember when every kid in elementary school was doing their cartman voice i remember this so 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 vividly and so i remember vivid. moving from montreal to colorado and then all the kids in the third grade being like well you're moving to where they where they do south park <gasps> that's where south park is and i was Huge. like and that, that actually gave me a lot of cool capital right as i was leaving and so there we go. That's local culture. And now 174 is the, the Big, Big Bang, Bang. Largely believed to be the, to be the beginning, beginning of, of our, our universe. universe. So, of course, this is the Big Bang, which was a huge... I don't... How did it happen? Um... I think it happened like one atom, you know, kind of got fucked up and then started the whole, and then and then the universe started to expand. That's how... Well, that's, thank God. Well, thank God. I mean, you you really can't... Yeah, we have the Big Bang to thank for all of this. We really do. Wouldn't you say? I mean, we would not be sitting here without the Big Bang. And so I definitely pour out some respect to Ha. All right, so this is 173. This is Kate Blanchett, Blanchett in Notes, Notes on, on a Scandal, scandal saying, You want to fuck, fuck me, Barbara? I just think a screenplay that we remember. Yes. Number 172 is yeah. claymation technology. Claymation technology. Now, this is the act of sort of making little clay figures. Yes. And move. sort of making them move. And then we get amazing things like... Chicken Run. Like Chicken Run. Starring Mel Gibson. We get... <laughs> I forgot that he was in that. And he was just dropped from the Chicken Run sequel for all of his resurfaced anti-Semitic and Wait, homophobic comments. Wait, he was comments. just dropped from the Chicken Run sequel? Part of the news that kind of maybe got lost in the Mel Gibson news cycle of it all after Winona Ryder decided to speak out again, thankfully, is that he, they were going to, DreamWorks was, I think, we're going to do another Chicken Run with Mel Gibson attached like some 20 years later, but it's like, we can't no, have we that. We can't have Mel Gibson in movies anymore. I don't think we can have Mel Gibson in film anymore. But Claymation um, Technology stands as number 172. But we're happy we have Claymation. Of course, Rudolph. Rudolph. Is that Claymation? I think it is Claymation. I think it qualifies. Okay, so number 171 is Nicole, Nicole Kidman's American, American accent. accent. As seen in Big Little Lies, as seen in many films, her American accent is very American. 
I would say it's very Australian. Wow. I would say it's very Australian learning American. There you go. And that's the perfect middle ground. 170 is Kate, Kate Winslet's, Winslet's American, American accent. accent. Yes, of course, it's very stressed. You know, you can hear this in, you know, such films as Revolutionary Road. Such films as Steve Jobs. And, you know, Titanic, which stay tuned. Stay tuned. Actually, no, Steve Jobs, she played like a, like a Slavic Polish. woman. Polish, yes. Yeah, I don't know why I said Steve Jobs. There was some interesting accent work going on in there yes. in that Oscar-nominated performance. Of course, 169 on our list is Sir Ronan's American, American accent. accent. You're so infuriating. I can't even come up with a line. This is how so drunk I am. Infuriating. You're so infuriating. I think women have lives. I don't even know what the full line is. She definitely is American in those films. Yes. Outside of the films, she's decidedly not. And we see that sort of dialogue between Sersha, between Nicole, between Kate. But for, not, for none of them, do I think... I don't think the accent work takes away from the performance. Exactly. And you know what? Three talents. Three huge Three talents. talents. White women talents. Yeah. And so speaking of talents and white women. Yes. Number 168 is Christina, Christina Applegate, Applegate in, in all of, of her, her many, many projects. projects. Can you speak to some of these projects that Christina Applegate has been involved in? You know, in? as someone who still hasn't seen Dead to Me, I still <gasps> appreciate this. Hold on. Let me say. Married with Children. Huge. Yes. Yes. Anchorman, Legend of Ron Burgundy, I mean, huge. Come on, iconic. And Samantha B. No, Samantha Who. Samantha Who. Not Samantha B. Samantha B is famously someone else. Someone else. We also have um the incredible Bad Moms. Bad Moms. Oh my God, who could forget? Just and honestly, if no one has seen Dead to Me out there, and some have, it's not like no one has seen it. People but you have it. to check it out. Dead to Me is culture, and of course, also culture is Linda Cardellini, who unfortunately did not did make not the top two hundred list. Top but we do shout her out. One hundred sixty-seven. Christmas. Christmas. Uh, well, could you even have culture without Christmas? I don't think you could have culture without Christmas. For Christmas to have its own genre of music. Yeah. It might as well be country, you know? Oh, it might as well be country. Well, it's country. actually rule of culture number 50. Christmas, Christmas might as well be country. country. Now, country is not on the list. It's not on the list. Country music did not make no. it. Did That's not okay. make it. But Christmas as a season, as a holiday, as a vibe, definitely made it. Because, you know, it affects so many people in terms of, you know, and I hate to say it, but the capitalist sort of yes. machine. Yes. You know? It's like saying, like, you can't... You can't be like, I don't see color in a racist society, even though it's a social construct. Capitalism is a social construct. You can't say, yeah. I don't believe in money. Right. Um, but you can, And you can't say, I don't believe in Christmas, because we live in a Christmas culture. We live, actually, in a Christmas culture. And actually, if you really think about how many months out of the year Christmas decides it's optimal culture, it's really crazy. And we need to be talking about it. And I say, where's that 2020? Where's that 2020? Where's that 2020? 166 is when, when the, the French, French judge was, was not fair towards, towards the, the Canadian, Canadian figure, figure skaters. skaters. You remember this. I actually don't. And you put this on the list. And I. Oh my God. This is when the Canadians doubles figure skaters were absolutely incredible. What and year? The, they got, this was years ago. And there was doubles figure skating. And the Russian couple beat them, even though the, the Canadian figure skaters had absolutely slayed it. I vaguely And then you this. found out, it came out that the French judge had a biased vote and it was a little bit of a fix going in so they gave them co-gold medals oh my god i can't believe you of canadian culture don't remember when the canadian figure skaters got the shaft why isn't there a movie optioned about this well we should write it we should write it and that's the thing it's like when there's not 
a movie of things, you have you to have write to write them. Him. And that's a rule of culture number seventeen. When, when there's, there's not, not a, a movie, movie of, of things, things you, you have, have to write them. them. Let's move on to one sixty five. The Eminem versus, versus Skittles, Skittles conversation slash debate. debate. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. People debating what's better, Eminem's or Skittles. Where do you stand? I stand firmly on the side of my Eminem sisters. Okay. What do you say? As someone who enjoys sweets and sugary sweets over chocolate, I'm a Skittles girl. And I love Skittles, and I always will. The beginning of a new conflict between us. The beginning. Let's move on to 164. This is Jonas Jonas Salk Salk inventing the the polio polio vaccine. Go on, Fish. Tell us about Miss Salk. Miss Salk was successful in the concept of inoculating your immune system with a weaker version of a virus such as polio, such as coronavirus. And this is going to be the thing that sort of lifts us all hopefully out of the current squalor that we're in. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, let's not get too used to this. Yep. The goal is to get out of this situation with the help of multiple vaccines, several of them in phase three trials at the moment of this recording in late June. And, you know, <laughs> we will not achieve herd immunity if we don't, if, 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 if enough people do not get vaccinated. So let's, we have to beat back this tide of the anti-vax movement and make sure that everyone gets equitable access to a vaccine once it is invented. Number 163 is Big Old <laughs> Freak by, by Megan the Stallion. Stallion. Absolutely burst onto the scene. Hot Girl Summer indeed. Hot Girl Lifetime more like. Hot Girl Lifetime more like. We would not have Hot Girl Summer. We would not have None of Cash it. Shit or the Savage Remix or um, Hood Girls. I mean, this was the this was to me the single that's, that launched Megan's career. Big Old I Freak. would agree. And this is the first one you turned to my attention. And I knew that you were serious about it because of the way you squealed. And um, I, I have for to Megan. say, you are a squealer for Megan, and I am too. And can you can you just tell the listeners that I was in on the ground floor with Megan? I will. I can confirm to the listeners, Bowen Yang was one of the first to even be speaking about Megan the Stallion in the way that we all are. Thank and, you. You know, I'm just saying, like, you need to respect. <laughs> just like we need to respect number 162, Joe, Joe Millionaire. Millionaire. This, of course, was the reality show where. Several contestants thought that the suitor they were competing for was a millionaire named Joe Millionaire. Uh, his name, I think, was actually Evan. Evan. It was revealed to the ladies that um, he actually was not a millionaire. After all, he was like a simple farm person. Yes. And the woman he picked, Zora, had to deal with that. And they did not make it. They did not make it. But there was a lot of tension in that final episode because Zora first said no rejected the proposal and then said she yes. came back and said yes i think probably because she was trapped in a situation and uh, coerced by producers i'd be very curious to see how zora's doing now unfortunately we won't have that answer in this episode but no. perhaps in a future installment number 161 is art pop i mean an amazing album i think yes as, ahead uh, of its time ahead of its time as our friend sam taggart has written about in vulture it is her Pinkerton. It is the album that was released to critical panning and then over time has developed a nice patina and we've all sort of, we listened back to it now and we're like, this is actually genius. Applause is amazing. We were too hard on it. Donatella is incredible. GUY, watch the video again. It's the last time Kyle Richards and Lisa Vanderpump were able to be in the same place. Wow. And um, 
Do What You Want, unfortunately a great song, but we have the Christina Aguilera version. Yes, we do. Which is the definitive version. Which I believe is superior and also never forget the ballad Dope. Dope. Oh, no. I like it. She performed indentures at the YouTube Music Festival. Need you more than dope. And number 160 is another song. It's called The The Song Song Somewhere Somewhere Over the the Rainbow. Rainbow. This famously appeared in the film Wizard of Oz. Yes. And went on to have quite an impact on the culture. It's, you know, we we get to graft a lot of queer meaning onto the song now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the song also, in terms of the filmic narrative aspect of it, you know, sets up Dorothy's want, and it's beautiful. It sort of gets us into act two of the movie, which is when she lands in Oz, wouldn't you and say? It's, it's a favorite of American Idol contestants. Kimberly Locke. Kimberly Locke. Sing and I'm so times. happy that when we talk about Somewhere Over the Rainbow, we also say the name. Kimberly, Kimberly Locke. Locke. Thank you. Um, number 159. Kelly Rowland saying she's the second lead vocalist of the group. Huge. I mean, when she proclaimed that she was the second lead vocalist of the group and she earned that look from Beyonce, this is a YouTube video that you can all look up. Just type in Kelly Rowland, second lead vocalist of the group. You will not be upset that you did. Kelly Rowland invented a sort of role and groups and musical groups called the second lead vocalist of the group, even though the term lead vocalist would imply that there's only one. Um, second lead vocalist means would 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 require us to believe there are two lead vocalists and one is sort of main and one is second. Yes. And honestly, she did correctly label herself. She was the second lead vocalist of that group. And this was, didn't she say this during the first iteration of Destiny's Child? She said it when there were still four. When there was four. So in a way, you can be like, if it was just her, Michelle, and Beyonce, and she was like, I'm the second lead vocalist of the group, that's a huge fuck you to Michelle. But (laughs) when she's saying it, when there's four, that's a fuck you to Latavia and Latoya. Yes, obviously. I mean, she didn't mean any harm. No. But at that point, could she have done anything correctly? Probably not. Probably, Probably was hell to be Kelly Rowland. No. Number 158 is Miss Teen USA, USA, South Carolina, Carolina answer. answer. To her debate question, um, I forget what it was. It was about textbooks or something? Uh, well, she definitely mentioned textbooks and how there needs to be more education in schools. But please look up on YouTube, Miss Teen USA, South Carolina answer, epically bad. Yes, you all know it. You all love it, don't you? We've got to move on because Let's this is on. almost an hour in <laughs> and we are nowhere near getting to the top of the list. So number 157 is Cher's guest appearance on Will and Grace. What chemistry with Sean Hayes she had? Such chemistry with Sean Grace, you know, that was 30 minutes of work door to door and she was incredible. And that was and that was famously where we developed a vocabulary around, if I could turn back, back to home. And also she said snap out of it and earned a check. Yep. Number 156 is Simon, Simon Paula, Paula, and, and Randy. Randy. You remember these three. Uh, these were the three in a lot of ways, the original oh, three. Yes, and they are really the three. Yes. Now, going forward, we have 155. When, when Keenan, Keenan and, and Kel did the orange soda, soda bit. Tell us why it's so important. Well, this was so good because it was a reliable bit in the show Keenan and Kel yes. that happened, I think, every episode. I think if it was not every episode. every episode, then very close to. And really what Kel was asking was, who loves orange soda? And by the time the bit was over, you knew what the answer was, Kel. Kel loves, Kel orange, loves soda. orange soda. Is it true? He do, he do, he do. Yes. Ooh. And this actually really did enforce upon us in a young comedic age that really comedy is commitment. 
And it's repetition. It's commitment. It's repetition. It's uh, volume. Volume. And it's saying things in a voice. And we should just say that Keenan and Kel are sketch comedy legends and icons. They are the legendary two. The legendary two. Let's keep going. Speaking of legendary two. Yes. Number 154 is Brangelina. Brangelina. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, they met on the set of that film. And boy, let me tell you, it was kaputs for Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston at that point because Brangelina stepped onto the scene and they were the power couple for a little while there. Don't you love that this huge Hollywood power couple met on the set of a fine movie. I think it's a good movie and I think if you saw it again you would actually agree with me and it is hashtag an early Kerry Washington vehicle. You're right. It's an early Kerry Washington vehicle. If you look up any sort of screenwriting like treatment examples Mr. and Mrs. Smith for some reason the treatment is available and everyone sort of gets to read that and model their treatments and their outlines. A hundred percent. Number 153 is The Great, the Great Gatsby, Gatsby book. book. Not the movie. The book. The book. This is a very important book. If you're in high school, you've probably read it. Yes. If you're in high school, you don't need to see the movie. No one needs to see the movie. It's not Baz Luhrmann's finest work. I don't think that would be Moulin Rouge, I would say. That would be Moulin Rouge. I think the book is great. I think the book is short. It's You can read it in one night, one sitting. Yeah. Um, we love that cover with the eyes. Oh, the cover with the eyes. Yes. Now, 152 is Jamila Jamil's multiple slash conflicting stories about getting chased by bees. Now, can you elaborate on this? She has multiple accounts where she talks about the kind of very distressing experience of being chased by bees out onto a street with moving cars. Oh my God. And the Poor thing. The settings vary from um, like temporally and um, geographically that she was in England and she was young and teenager or that she was, uh, or that this happened two weeks ago uh, outside the UN when the Pakistani delegation was visiting or, or, or something like that. I mean, there's just a lot of stories of Jamila Jamil, first-hand accounts of her being chased by bees onto a street. And well, it's, you know, it's, I think it's iconic culture. I think it's moving the culture forward. We get to sort of talk about bees and their place in our celebrities' lives. Well, yeah, I, I would agree, but I also am concerned for her, and I wish that Jamila would stay inside. You know, I'm concerned for her if every time she leaves her home that she has a bee encounter. I, I hope that she finds a way you know, to really do a lot of work from inside. I bet quarantine has actually been kind of good for her because yes. she can sort of sit at the computer and not worry about bees unless, you know, they're so obsessed with her that they're making a way into her, her home, which I really hope is not I happening. I hope it's not the case. And that we're wishing wishing the best for you, Jamelia, and we're thinking of you. We love you, Jamila. This is number 151. It is Honey, honey Nut, Nut Cheerios. Cheerios. Speaking of bees, honeys, keep, uh, Jamila, you're not going to want eat any honey, honey nut, nut cheerios, cheerios because these are famously honey nut cheerios. cheerios that means they're cheerios that are covered in honey a little bit of honey nut. honey nut honey nut what do you think honey nut is um i think it's when bees come <laughs> now we're going to move on to 150 which is natalie, natalie and, and mila's relationship, relationship in black swan. swan wow who could forget the film black swan and the relationship therein between natalie and milia natalie really kind of playing the role of the white swan here and then mila yes. playing the role of the titular black swan and the question looming in the air will natalie have what it takes to sort of become the black, the black swan? swan and what does that mean for mila now, do you think Mila is dead by the end of the movie? I would say that she's alive. Is she in and the that closet? Natalie has 
sort of envisioned the the black swan and the Mila that comes to her later on in the movie, spoiler alert, who she stabs. I th- and puts in the closet. Do you remember this part? No, because you remember at the end of the movie, Mila appears and is clapping for Natalie. Oh, you're right, you're right. We're to assume as the audience that Mila was never really there antagonizing Natalie. It was all in her head. But Natalie is definitively dead by the end of the movie. I would say I think that's what the director, Darren Aronofsky, and Natalie would want to get across. But you know, it's open to interpretation like a lot of film. And you know, all of of our readers, watch Black Swan and let us know what you think about the ending. We want to hear Hey, it's Bowen, and I want to introduce you to the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Yes, it's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients, great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself the slow-roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. With new menu options like Cantina Chicken Tacos, burritos, and quesadillas, there's something for everyone. And Taco Bell isn't just for a late night. With this new Cantina Chicken Menu, The possibilities are, well, endless. Try the new Cantina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell now. Now, I said. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends in season one. We told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, 
a military-trained seduction spy, reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's move on to 149, which is Michelle, Michelle Kwan never, never winning a gold, gold medal. medal. No, she never was that gold medalist. She's the Amy Adams Glenn Close of the Olympics. Susan Lucci of the Olympics. Well, you know, Susan Lucci ended up winning her Emmy. Then you can't even say she's this. You, you can't even say, like, Jackie Cox can't even say she's the Susan Lucci of drag. No, no. So, so Michelle, we, you know, we all thought Salt Lake City was her year, and it wasn't. It really wasn't. In fact, that was Sarah Hughes' year. That was Sarah Hughes' year. Long Island Queen. We and you're the Sarah Hughes, and I'm the Michelle Kwan of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes me a gold medal winner while you're just in squalor. Absolutely. With my with my many silvers. This is she endorsed Biden too early. All right. So number one hundred forty eight is Meryl Streep's acting. She is an amazing actor. I think she's one of the better actors. I think that she's up there amongst the best actors that we have. What's your favorite Meryl Streep performance? I got to say, I love Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady. (laughs) (laughs) And she won an Oscar for it, you know, and a deserved Oscar. Yeah. And it wasn't at all Beatty or... It was it was a, one of my favorite films. One of the most dynamic films I've ever seen is The Iron Lady. Yeah, the most exciting films where so much happens and you get to see such a thrilling portrayal of dementia. That's amazing. I don't know mine. Um, okay, so one hundred forty-seven is the, the upside, upside down, down kiss, kiss in, in the, the rain, rain in Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Wow, remember this? It was happening in the rain. Yeah, it was upside down. Kirsten Dunst, Tobey Maguire with a secret good body. She was wearing that like tank top. You could see her. Applause oh through. my god. They were absolutely just two people in love and they were really dating. Kissing in an alleyway. Yeah, and you in know New York Toby City. McGuire has come out and said that it actually was very hard to shoot because the water kept going up his nose. Hashtag comedic moment. Hashtag comedic moment. Oh my gosh. That's such a fun moment. Okay, so so the next two moments in history are a tie. It's a tie. So tied for 145 and in 146 are Michelle Yeoh in Crazy Rich Asians slash Crouching Tiger Hidden Hidden Dragon. Dragon. I guess we should just talk about Michelle Yeoh as a whole because these two performances are very different. Very different. Very dynamic. And we we have to remind the reader in case they don't know already that we met her one time. We met her when she was doing press for Star Trek when we were interviewing her at Vulture Fest. And she was very cool. Very cool. And she had a lot of reverence from her castmates. And we and I even slipped in a quick thing. And this was before Crazy Rich Asians came out, but I was like, I'm so excited for Crazy Rich Asians. I like I kind of crossed a boundary and I I feel weird about it. I don't feel you did. But I was like, I was like, it's all I said was it's very inspiring to meet you. And I looked her in her eye and she looked and she her facial expression changed in a way that was like she registered what I was saying to her as an Asian person, and she was like, Thank you. And I really felt it. She is a dream. You saw that moment, right? Oh, I saw it. I mean, we were both there. I mean, it was very obvious that she was the international star yes. in the room, and she was treated as such, which yes. we love. Number 144 is Kale's, Kale's designation, designation as, as a superfood. Super Kale has really had a moment. 
I would say Kale, as soon as they said it's a superfood, I mean, that was like the debutante ball. And oh, you saw yeah. Kale everywhere. Oh, and I think that, you know what song sounded different after that? 7-Eleven? Diana Ross. Oh. I'm coming out. I think that became about Kale. And you were like, this is about Kale. But I said 7-Eleven because Beyonce wore that famous sweatshirt that said Kale on it. Yes, yeah, she was iconic in that, in that sweatshirt. And then you all of a sudden you saw people wearing it. People like you. People like me. People I don't like have that sweatshirt. Right. I have a different Beyonce sweatshirt. I thought, you, I thought you, you have a kale. Oh, you have a cake by no, the pound. I have a cake by the pound one. Sorry, know me better. Number 143 <laughs> is Let Me Blow, Blow Your Mind by Eve and Gwen Stefani. Drop your asses. Shake your, no. Drop your glasses, shake your shake asses. asses. They screwed up like you have like you're hot having flashes. hot flashes. Yep. And Gwen Stefani, this was like the first solo venture Let outside of me No blow Doubt. Your mind. Iconic. The, her first solo venture outside of No Doubt was to I, be a feature on something Eve. like that. Yeah, that was one of the first times we saw and just Gwen Stefani in a way that was like, okay, maybe there's going to be a moment here. And and there was indeed a moment. I would there was say. indeed a moment. It because it hasn't held up. It does not make our culture list. But Hollaback Girl, despite being a moment, the, the album LAMB. Unfortunately, we cannot condone the Harajuku girls of it all. No. And it does not even make it into the, the top four hundred on our list. Although I will say the closest sort of candidate that Gwen Stefani would have had on this list was um, on the song "Make Me Like You," which came out in like two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Um, she just has a hook in there, or like a motif, I would say, where she keeps going, Oh, God! Remember that? I actually have to say something. Yes, I remember that, and I take it back. She is on the list. We'll, we'll, we'll find out why she's on the list. Oh, I, I, you're right. But for now, number 142, Ryan, Ryan Philippe's butt in, in Cruel Intentions. Intentions. This is a great ass. It's a great ass. It's an amazing ass. We saw it in the pool light, and you know who else saw it? Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Spoon. And she had to marry she him She married that, that ass. She married that ass. You're gonna have to marry that ass. You're gonna have to marry that ass. Okay, so then number 141 is Anna, Anna Navarro, the, the blank, blank that that, that, that has monologue. monologue. Can you do it? I don't know the full order. The clearance that that has, the international implications that that, that has, has, the, the access that that has, has, the profile that that has. A huge moment. And it can apply to so much. Thank you, Anna Navarro. Thank you, Anna Navarro. One of the so only. Much. Top Republicans. One of the only acceptable Republicans. No, she's the only one. I, I mean, I don't even know if she's identifying as a Republican anymore. I mean. She might identify as conservative, but she's certainly not going along. with. She's a Trump hater. She's voting red. What? She's voting red. She's like voting for like red candidate, like, like Republican We'll candidates. see about that. Okay. Number 140 is Disco. Disco. An amazing movement in music. A huge movement in music. Thank you, Disco. Thank you so much. Number 139 is Terry Hatcher, Hatcher in, in Lois and, and Clark. Clark. Really, it was her first emergence on the scene was her incredible sort of performance as Lois Lane and Lois and Clark. This is before Desperate Housewives. This is before Desperate Housewives. I remember watching Lois and Clark as a child and being like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. She's certainly that. She's certainly that. Number 138 is the World, World of, of Pandora, Pandora at Disney's Animal, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. I mean, we've gotten our life here. We've eaten at, what was that beautiful steakhouse that we've eaten at? See, that wasn't in Animal Kingdom. It was called Tiffin's. It's and, no, Tiffin's and, is no, Animal no, Kingdom. No, no, but I mean, is that wasn't at the World of Pandora. It's right when you, it's on the way to World of Pandora. Well, this is, this. I'm, I'm looking you in the eyes and telling you, Tiffin's is in a different area of the park. But it's the closest it's the closest $3 sign 
restaurant and eating eatery in Animal Kingdom that's closest to Pandora. It is the nicest restaurant there, but it is not in the world of Pandora. And we are talking okay, about the world okay. of Pandora right now. So let's now. talk about the world of Pandora. It's got the, the beautiful plants, the bioluminescent plants. I'm happy that you enjoyed Tiffin's. I love Because I have booked that for us. And I want to say I went to Tiffin's with Michael Hartney. With oh wow, you've been to Tiffin's multiple times. I went, I've been to Tiffin's with Michael Hartney. I've been to Tiffin's with um, people at uh, with uh, Charlie Hankin of Improv Everywhere. We went for a, a a a job in Orlando, and then this was right when Pandora opened, and we went to Animal Kingdom, and we got our life at Tiffin's. And we should say that Tiffin's is great, but it is not on the list okay. of top two hundred things in culture. The world of Pandora is, and we don't have time to talk about we it. We don't, I'm unfortunately. Sorry. Bowen has eaten all the time. I'm so sorry. Number one hundred thirty-seven is Patty Harrison reveals feud with Ellen DeGeneres on Lost. Podcast. Now, this was an incredible moment where we've had really a first celebrity feud unveiled on our yes. podcast. This was a big deal, and it kind of developed over Patty's appearances on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where at first it was um, Ellen just being generally transphobic and Patty taking issue with that. And then on Patty's second appearance on the show, she talked about a specific incident where Ellen. Um, Murdered a lot of concert goers. Was Patty's first op- her first night in her tour at Stockholm? Yeah, and yeah. flipped onto the stage and called Patty many slurs. And we should all say this is all quote unquote alleged. Yes. So this is an alleged feud, but that happened between pop stars Patty Harrison and Ellen DeGeneres, and uh, only she can confirm. But um, thank you, Patty, for being brave enough to share your story here on the podcast. Um, and number 136 is Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer as Catwoman in Batman Returns. Returns. Who could forget when she got pushed out of that window by Christopher Walken and then she was licked alive by cats and became a supervillain, really. And perf- and put together the most form-fitting sort of costume that we've ever seen in supervillain history. Oh, unbelievable. She had to be sewn into the costume in real life. Just a little culture fact there. Ooh. So number 135 on the list is Marilyn Monroe and and by by extension, extension, Smash. So we wouldn't have Smash, the show, the musical they're in, without really Marilyn Monroe, who was a bombshell to the bombshells. Oh, yeah. The namesake bombshell in Smash, the musical television show that we would not have had had it not been for Marilyn Monroe's existence. Some like it hot, more like we like it. Marilyn. We we like it. Norma Jean. Uh-huh. Let's keep going. 134. The, the Motorola, Motorola Razor. Razor. Now, the Motorola Razor was a huge phone back in the day. Huge I, phone. The aspirational phone, in fact, the iPhone before there were iPhones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the Motorola Razor, the Sidekick, and BlackBerry all sort of swirling in the same pool. But as you know, in, in our lives, in our sort of developments as non-solvent financial, non-financially solvent high school students. I mean, the, right, Motorola, the Motorola Razor was the closest thing we could get to like status phone, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Was that the one that went bleep, bleep when you texted someone? It was like a walkie-talkie? I'm not sure. Okay, well, we can move on. Okay. Uh, number 133 is Neopets. Neopets. Were you ever a Neopet kid? No, I was more like a Tamagotchi girl. Okay, I respect that. What is Neopets to you? Neopets to me was kind of the first... I understood that the internet could be a vessel for capitalism where, you know, if you had to stay, if you wanted your Neopet to stay at the nice hotel, 
you had to pay a huge amount of Neo coins or whatever the currency was. And I was like, oh, this is how the world works in real life, but it's on the internet in this made up world of animals. So it was an intro to capitalism for you. Absolutely. And then it, therefore it makes it onto the list. It makes it onto the list because you had to earn money by playing games with your pets to, to make them happy and to feed them. And if they weren't fed, then they would die and you would feel bad. It, it was just similar to Tamagotchi. Similar to Tamagotchi. But with Tamagotchi, there wasn't this whole economy around do you want to give your pet a massage? It has to yeah. be at the nice massage place. Like, like the Ooh. social status and the caste system of society, as it were, was sort of grafted onto the world of Neopets and you learned a lot as a kid. I see. So so really, um, Tamagotchi was more about life or death. And, and Neopets, Neopets was more about like a commercial society. Exactly. Totally understand. Number 132 is when, when people, people started, started saying slash typing L-O-L to, to say laugh out loud. Now, this has really taken a hold of the culture in a way that I don't think we could have anticipated in the beginnings of AOL Instant no. Messenger. LOL. Not only did it arrive in the scene in a big way, but it is here to stay. I mean, you got people saying LOL in real life. LOL has really lasted far beyond BRB or G2G. TTYL. I mean, who says these things? Who cares about TTYL? We say LOL all the time transcends demographics it transcends age groups it transcends race yeah what what can we say that transcends race not much but lol definitely does lol is used the world over yes now number 131 speaking of uh you know sort of things that technologically took the world aflame yes this is the, the invention, invention of, of venmo. venmo gone are the days when you had to call someone later and be like hey i'll get you this money later no 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 now now you can just text the girl yes. the cash yes. over the internet and there was no excuse it's like hey you haven't venmoed me you haven't fulfilled my venmo in a while oh yeah now you know when someone is troublesome in your life if they have not fulfilled your venmo and i'm thinking actually of bo and yang for many years was a venmo Girl, bandit don't you, you do used this. to really take a long time to fulfill venmos okay i'll i'll cop to that now not not so no rich, not so rich which woman? Stop. Number 130 is Sandra, Sandra Diaz Twine winning Survivor Pearl Island. Island. Oh, a huge win. I mean, a win that she could have won. She could have easily lost, but um, what's her face? Lil. Lil eliminated. Uh, eliminated once during the game, came back as an outcast, yes. then made it to the end. Really one of the first goats, if you will. Yes. Made it really easy for Sandra to win. And she was a smart player, smart strategic player. She's your girl, Sassy Sandra. And she won again, Heroes versus Villains. And this we really include on the list because it was the introduction of Sandra Diaz Twine into the franchise of yes. Survivor. But it was that Lil eliminated... It was that Lil chose Sandra to go to the top two and Lil eliminated... Fair play? Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay. And so at that point, Sandra was like, I've got this. She really took her moment there. Wow. Number 129 is the actress Regina, Regina King. King. In everything. In everything she's in. Watchmen, If Bill Street Could Talk, Ooh. Never Forget Miss Congeniality 2, Never Forget Ray. Legally Blonde 2. Never Forget Legally Blonde 2, Sequel Queen, 227. Never Forget All the American Crimes. Oh my Never God. Never Forget any of it. Do in this Jerry season. Maguire. Jerry Maguire. And we got to say, we also met Regina King once. Yes, we did. And wasn't she the coolest fucking person? Coolest, best dressed person. So well dressed. Best energy. Yes. And you, this was before If Beale Street Could Talk came out, you 
brought it up and she, I remember the look on her face when you said the words and we're so excited that if Beale Street could talk could come for that to come out. And she lit up and she was like, thank you. She, the look in her, in her eyes was thank you for bringing this up. She was thankful for you. I now have to reveal that I can remember clear as day that it was you who brought up If Bill Street Could no. Talk. No. And I brought up Seven Seconds. I did not bring up If Bill Street Could Talk. You did. You, you brought did up both. both. No, I didn't know what If Bill Street Could Talk was at that time. You said that she had a new piece by James Baldwin that she was working I on. I gave you, you an brought assist. I said, you have a new a movie based on a James Baldwin book, a James Baldwin story, and then you said If Bill Street Could Talk. That is, I, I probably did say that, but I, I want to give you credit too because you did bring up that. But the thing is, we actually recalled both things that she'd win an award for because I said seven seconds and I said we are putting into the atmosphere that Regina yes. King will win another and Emmy she and did. she did. And we talked about if Bill Street could talk, which she would later win an Oscar, an Oscar for. for. So we did not know we were sitting in the midst of an Oscar winner. And Emmy winner. And she had already won two Emmys before that. We were but, like, you're going to be winning another Emmy young girl young and she girl. was like well thank you I hope so and then those hopes turned to reality we stand Regina King have from the very beginning thank you Regina let's move on to 128 number 128 another actress Allison, Allison Williams, Williams eating the cereal and get out a huge scene this scene really kind of shot her forward in my eyes as, you know, someone to watch because we only knew her from girls playing more. And we were like, what's she all about? Then she was in Get Out and the movie Get Out does not work without that performance. No. We should say it was fun the way she ate that cereal. And the cereal coming right after. Do you think the moment up until that point is when she's freaking out and then she has the car keys. She can't find the car keys and then she has right. them and then her expression changes. But the moment is actually seeing the pictures of her with her former boyfriends mm-hmm. who have been killed w- eating the Cheerio separately from the milk. Huge. Yes, an absolute queen of a scene. Queen of a scene. Number 127 is our, our interview, interview with, with Tracy Morgan, Morgan and, and subsequent Julie Chen feud. feud. This was a low moment for us when we had what we thought was a really good interview with Tracy Morgan at Vulture yes. Fest, and it went viral because he made some mess out of the Tiffany Haddish of it all. You can go back and watch the video. Um, and then based on that interview, Julie Chen said that we were rude for asking him about Tiffany Haddish, yes. which is almost like her saying that every time she's interviewed someone that she's never asked about a code star, which I defy Julie Chen. And I say that is not true. And Julie Chen, when you lost your job in disgrace, we did not feel bad about <laughs> it because you came for us in a moment of very bad hosting and journalism. And yes. we don't we don't feel bad. And Julie Chen, I mean... You're you're an apologist for a lot of terrible people. Let's just say that on the record. Let's just say that on the record, honey. honey. Let's keep going. Hope those big brother checks are keeping you warm. Anyway, 126 is Ann Dowd saying Hulu. Who could forget when Ann Dowd won an Emmy and said Hulu? I haven't forgotten. Let's move on. 125. When, when Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones could make dragons, but not Photoshop out a Starbucks cup. Up. I mean, there's not there's nothing that hasn't been said about the Starbucks Cup. No Game of Thrones references are on this list. Just the fact that a Game of Thrones let a Starbucks Cup sneak in there. I famously think it was on purpose because I have sat in editing rooms and to think that no one would catch that cup from shooting to editing to publishing is literally insane. I don't believe it, and I think mm. they were trifling with us. Wow, that's that's a conspiracy. Matt's a truther. Let's keep going. 
America, America 124. For, this is 124. <laughs> America Ferreira throwing, throwing the first brick, brick in, in Sisterhood of the, the Traveling, traveling pants. pants. This, of course, is when she threw the first brick at Bradley Whifford's house. Yes, which uh, is something that we've covered before. Her we, screen father. We love it. Number 123. Matt, Matt and, and Bowen, Bowen on, on the, the view. view. We were famously on the view. We went to the view to go see Kelly Clarkson be on the view. Yes. And then the producers came out to the audience and said, We're going to be surprising Kelly's number one fan. People who had given us tickets were well aware that I was in the audience. I thought they meant me. Turns out they met someone else who allegedly had lent, who'd lost like 90 pounds while listening to Kelly's Amazing. music. And then he got free tickets to Kelly Clarkson's concert, which was devastating to hear about. Um, however, the real gag was when we were on screen. Yes, and you saw me being a little overcorrecting my support for this boy who had just won tickets to this Kelly Clarkson show and that Matt had this abject horror on his face that he... Uh, I had to watch someone else get their Kelly Clarkson fantasy fulfilled and um, let's just say it didn't sit well with me. I'm sorry, Matt. It did not sit well with me. Number 122, Sutton Foster tap dancing and, and anything, anything goes. She is an amazing talent, that Sutton. An amazing talent, that Sutton, who has sung at so many Kennedy Center honors. Oh, we love her so much. I mean, when she tap danced in Anything Goes on the Tony Awards, you said, How could you give it to anyone else? And we did. And we didn't. No, no we, we gave, did we not. Gave it to her. She won that one. That's good. But I will say that I did see her in the musical uh, Drowsy Chaperone, and she has a number called Show Off in that. Yes. And I watched that at a young age, and I said, she cannot lose to Tony, and she did. So these Tony Awards are not a sure thing, no matter how well you turn a performance. That's true. That's true. Let's keep going to number 121. KFC, KFC releasing the, the Double, double down. down. What is this, Bowen? This is, this is the KFC sandwich where the two... Buns were chicken patties, fried chicken patties, mm -hmm. and it caused a big stir. And I think we're still dealing with the, ramific the ramifications today. Fast food culture that we have to say. And honestly, the McDonald's releasing the McGriddle did not make it. But KFC no. releasing the Double Down did make did it. Make we it. understand we're going to get a lot of sort of hate mail about this yes. from our McDonald's queens and kings. But, you know, please sit down. We are the culture. We're the culture. Now the next is 120. Sherry, Sherry Shepard not, not knowing, knowing if, if the earth, earth is flat. flat. You know, famously she was confronted on The View by saying, do you think the earth is flat? And she Whoopi said, asked her. Whoopi asked her and she said, I don't know. I would, I would want to know how to feed my children. Yeah. She said that, something to that effect. She definitely redirected and, and she said, I may not know if the earth is flat, but I am a good person. Yes. Which is, you know, certainly a way to get her. I actually respect that. It's from I the Matt Rogers that. school of I don't know my words, but I do know my heart. I actually have a picture of uh, Sherry Shepard up in my personal museum. That's great. Saint That's Sherry, we call her. Saint Sherry. It's actually rule of culture number 90. Saint, Saint Sherry, we, we call her. her. Number 119 is Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence saying gay, gay rights. rights. Now, Jennifer Lawrence has said a lot of things in her day, but when she said gay rights, that was culture. That And now all the girls are trying to say gay rights with her. Right. Number 118, Taraji, Taraji P. Henson, Henson wasted, wasted accepting a Golden, Golden Globe. Globe. 
This is when she brought the cookies yes. up off the table and handed out cookies on her way up to the Golden Globes. Yes. You could tell she was absolutely blacked out, but she won for her performance as Cookie Lion in Empire, Empire, and she deserved that one. Absolutely. Number 117 is hashtag, hashtag the, the dress. dress. Oh, who could forget us arguing all about the dress? I was with you in Times Square at a at a like a bodega buffet. And you thought it was black and blue, and I thought it was white and gold. No, I thought, I thought it, it was white and gold. You were right. I was wrong. And it was really crazy to have an argument about that. And it was, and for me to be right, <laughs> number 116 on our rule of top 200 moments in culture history is the passing of the, the 19th, 19th Amendment. Amendment. This gave women the right to vote. And thank, it was about time. And it was the beginning of us of voting rights reform. And thank you, Susan B. Anthony, for thank making you. this happen. And it, all the suffragettes, really. Thank you. Let's move on thank to 115. You. Which is Rosie, Rosie and Elizabeth, Elizabeth fight on, on the, the view. view. This beats out the passing of the 19th Amendment when Rosie and Elizabeth fought on the view. This was a moment of culture. They went to that fabulous split screen. And yes. really, they, they have not reconciled over this poem. And when they went to the split screen, you could see, and you commented on this, when Rosie... Like Rosie saw that they were going to the split screen, or was it Elizabeth who saw that they were going to? The it split was screen? Rosie who saw it and called it out. Wow! And that's when she quit. She said, "I can't be having this." Someone who has moral clarity and 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 decisions based on that clarity, huge. Yeah. Now we have number one hundred fourteen, Carrie Bradshaw voiceovers. voiceovers, and I had to wonder: Is there more of an influential voiceover? performance than this i had to wonder that i had to wonder i don't think there is i would say this brought back the voiceover as a worthy method of narration do you think that there would be an a meredith gray voiceover convention in Grey's anatomy without sex in the city carrie bradshaw i think that that's a really interesting question mm -hmm. and i would say no Thank i you. would say Carrie Bradshaw and Sarah Jessica Parker's performance as Carrie Bradshaw revolutionized, revitalized, and resurrected yes. the voiceover yes. as a narrative device that we now have in Grey's Anatomy, which has a lead character named Meredith Grey. Let's keep going. This is number 113. Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, Kudrow invented, invented Post-its monologue in Romeo and Michelle. Wow. I mean, when she talks about how she like used a specific kind of glue. Epoxy. You have to wonder, did Lisa Kudrow draw on her experience as a chemistry major? At Vassar. At Vassar. And working for her father in some biotech company. Have you ever graduation. met Lisa Kudrow? I have not met Lisa. Have you met Lisa Kudrow? Never. When you do meet her, though, you should tell her that you majored in chemistry like her. I would love to. I mean, she's, she's the best there is. I mean, we watched the comeback season two the other, oh. the other day. Like, we watched the whole series, and it was just so unbelievable. The Sopranos I mean, started it all. Started it all. Oh, you know, Sex in the City. Started, Started it all, all in a different way. way. <laughs> oh, of course. Lira Dur <laughs> Lila Durham. I think it's, it's Lena Dunham. Dunham. That's what I said, that? Lena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 112. When, when Thelma, Thelma and Louise drove over the cliff. cliff. Huge. <laughs> This was so huge, and that Thunderbird went over that cliff, and mm -hmm. that iconic soundtrack, and those incredible performances of those two women, yes. Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, yes. both nominated for Oscars in that film. A film that should be watched. A film that should be watched, absolutely. And a polarizing ending, but one that we stand by. That It's an iconic ending. Who Because if this world ending? couldn't handle them, this world didn't deserve them. Oh, and that freeze frame. 
Iconic. Iconic. Let's keep going. 111. Julia, Julia Roberts' huge, huge mouth. mouth. You can hang a coat hanger in that mouth. It's a big mouth. And that mouth was 100 million wattage of smile, and it got her all the roles in the early 90s, Mystic Pizza Hunt, yes. Pretty Woman, Still Magnolias. Woof. The We're just saying the mouth was a big part of the appeal. Because that smile was amazing, and you yes. saw you saw it all, and she could emote through that math like no other. Oh, she's a star. I say let's blast through these next ten and and, and cut to a break. What, what what do you say? I think that we are gonna have to just have this be one episode, and we're gonna have to do a second episode, which is part two. I think I because think there's so. just there's just no way. There's just this no is way. gonna be too long, and I'm actually saying it on the mic to our producers that this is gonna have to be a two parter. Because I don't know how we thought we were gonna get through two hundred moments of culture. But it's always—it's the only—it was the only option, wouldn't you say? It was the only option. I—we had—it had to be two hundred. It had, and to we be. had it—we couldn't gloss over these moments. No, but we're gonna get through these next ten or next. What is it? Ne- yeah, next ten, next 11, and then yeah. we're gonna take a break, um, and we're gonna come back with another whole episode, which is the top one hundred <gasps> moments of culture. Because we have done two hundred episodes of Lost Culturistas. Yes, and we, the only way to honor that sort of back catalog is with two hundred moments. And I'm so happy we stopped everything to say that discovering in this moment, like we have discovered so much, yes. that we'll be doing two episodes of this because it's not logistically feasible to continue. Number one hundred and ten, Lupita Nyong'o's light blue. Oscar's dress, aka the, the moment. moment. When she won her Oscar for 12 Years a Slave and she had that light periwinkle blue dress. Zach Posen, I want to say. Uh, honestly, I want to say Zach Posen all the time because you know that Zach Posen is my celebrity crush. And he's DM'd you. No, he hasn't. Oh, I. You made that up. I I kind of, for some reason, thought that he that you and him. No, had I wish he would DM begun me. Begun a correspondence. Oh my God, I love Zach Posen. I think he's so hot. But anyway, um, if it wasn't him that made this dress, then God bless who did. God bless who did. This I mean, moment, the way it moved as she hit center stage. Oh my amazing. God. I mean, just like Cinderella, it felt like a fairy tale. It looked so incredible on her, and she is a fashion icon. Fashion and icon. we need to say it loud and proud. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. 109. The, the OC season one. Oh, my gosh. Who could forget Ryan, Marissa, Summer, and Seth? Yes. Thank you for naming the four. Who could forget the four? And also never forget Miss Julie Cooper, iconic MILF. Miss Kirsten. Oh, iconic alcoholic. <laughs> And Mr. Sandy, iconic, iconic eyebrows. eyebrows. He's sexy. Sexy. You ever watch the sex scene from American Beauty when he fucks Annette Benning and he oh, goes, yeah. You like getting fucked by the king? You like getting fucked by the king? Oh my god. Do you identify with with um with with, with Mr. Gallagher as an eyebrows person? I uh, yes. Yes. I would, I would be eyebrows. interested to see if he was got any Greek in him. I think there's Greek. Okay. I think there's Greek there. All right. Let's Greek keep going. Um well, yeah, OC was amazing. Uh, number 108, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, Banks in Power Rangers. Rangers. She went for it with this one. A true villain. Krispy Kreme. You loved all the Krispy Kreme line readings. And the, let's do it. One, two, three. How? How? Uh, you could tell the line in the script was how, and it came out as just like a sort of exasperated howl. Yes. She was going for the Razzie with this one. I think she wanted to show up at the Razzie stage winning, but really she should have been nominated for an Oscar for a no-holds-barred performance as Rita Repulsa, 
who is, of course, I think, canonically Filipino. Well, Japanese in the way that all of them are. I mean, maybe Filipino, maybe some Pacific Islander, Southeast Asian. Well, she's Elizabeth Banks. She's in Elizabeth the new film. Banks now. She's Elizabeth <laughs> Banks. Now let's keep going. Okay, this is number 107. This is Whitney, Whitney Houston, Houston when, when she, she went. went. And I... Who could forget Who could when forget? the drum made that sound and she unleashed the note? You will never forget where you were when you saw that. I'll never forget that. And, you know, famously, this was a song written and first performed by Dolly Parton. Who could have known that Who it would be done so known. iconically by Whitney the Houston, the voice. The voice. Let's keep going to 106. The, the drums, drums in Lose My Breath by Destiny's Child. Child. Of course, this... Wow. Percussion fish. Oh, my God. Percussion for your absolute nerves. And it just lights up a spark in you, doesn't it? It really does. And I knew this was going to be a huge hit when I first heard it. I had a moment of hope when Lose My Breath came out. I was like, they're back together. Well, they, they've they never broken up. I know, but like, you know, Dangerously in Love, it was the moment. And everyone's like, Beyonce, that's the moment. And I remember loving that damn album, but then kind of secretly mourning Destiny's Child. I was like, does this, mean, does this mean Destiny's Child is over? But then Lose My Breath came out and Destiny Fulfilled came out. And I was like, all hope is not lost. Not only did Destiny Fulfilled come out, I believe it is their best work. I, I believe it's their, it's best, their best album as a trio. Kelly Rowland has gone on record to say that it is her favorite. It's like, like, like they, they asked her, like, what's your favorite Destiny's Child song? And she says every song off of Destiny's, Destiny Fulfilled. I mean, never forget Girl. Girl. Never forget If. Never forget, I mean, cater to you. Cater to you. T-shirt? No. I sleep in your T-shirt? Yes. Come on. I mean, and also their iconic ballad, which was not on the album, but was Stand Up For Love. Stand Up For Love. And then they did a, a, a cover of Emotions by the Bee Gees. Well, that was on an earlier album, but yes. Oh, Emotions was on Survivor. Yes. I'm sorry. It was. I accept your apology. Um, number 105. The, the baby, baby boom, boom after, after World, World War II. Okay, Boomer. So, okay, Boomer. We wouldn't have the, the phrase okay, Boomer without, of course, the baby boom. Now, this is a period of time before and after and during the war when men were not spending a lot of time with their wives. And so when they did, they got them absolutely pregnant. This led to a huge surge in births yes. during the... Time period, period of 1940s and 1950s. Yes, absolutely. And it led to, it coincided with, um, you know, a lot of social programs being uh, put into effect in the United States and uh, an economic prosperity. So it all kind of worked out in a way and it, it, it helped assert the U.S.'s global dominance. Yes. And um, we should say, um, I am Yatitra. And I knew this knowledge of um world war ii and i should be celebrated i i that matt put this in and i think matt should be celebrated for putting this in thank you number 104 is the, the longevity, longevity of, of pink. pink talk about longevity i think pink has had one of the most enviable careers in music I mean, when she burst onto the scene with, there you go, looking pitiful, just because I let you go, there you go, mm. talking about you want me back. Oh my God. I mean, so much versatility and what a powerful voice. I mean, misunderstood the album. Misunderstood the album. I mean, raise your glass. So raise your so glass. glass. 
if you, you are wrong in all, all the right ways. ways. Iconic freak, Pink. Iconic freak. Iconic absolute freak. We will never, never be anything but loud and nitty gritty, dirty, dirty little freaks. Little freaks. So raise your glass. And also iconic ballad. In our family portrait, we look pretty happy. Let's play pretend, act like it comes naturally. Yes. Never forget. Never forget. Number 103. Sonia Sotomayor. And you better believe that I watched every single one of her confirmation hearings in the Senate. I mean, she is the Supreme Court Justice. Do you know this story? No. AOC tells this story. But Sonia Sotomayor, during her Senate hearings when she was nominated by Barack Obama, one of our presidents. Mm -hmm. Remember her. Remember her. Some publicists or some like media consultants, oh, media consultants were like, you should wear a nude nail polish so that you come off more neutral and um, more sort of not as like loud and vibrant and and Mm -hmm. sort of like... You're not making this impression that you can't control. She said no. She said, fuck that. And you see her wearing bright red nail polish. Good. Isn't that it? I love that story. Iconic. Also, have you seen Knock Down the House? No, I need to see it. Oh, my God. There's such... The, the, it Knock Down the House is amazing. And also, it's like... There's so much great stuff going on. Netflix yes. has amazing documentaries, you guys. Come I on. Mean, you got to give it up. Rule of culture number nine. Netflix, Netflix has, has amazing documentaries, documentaries you guys. You guys. Um, but she, in her very first scene, talks about, she's getting ready, and this is before she's even filed to run. Like This camera crew followed her from the beginning. It's yeah. unbelievable. And she's getting ready, and she's like, there's no way to know how you should get ready as a female running for president, because either you're in a full suit, or you're in that yes. like drag of a light-colored shirt with the sleeves rolled up to the elbow, but there's no prototype of how a woman who is a politician running for office looks. And so you have to think about the way you present yourself. And it was just like, she also talks about Sonia Sonia Sotomayor. They're two Bronx girls. Yeah, in the documentary, and it's really moving. So happy to... And she was our speaker. Sonia Sotomayor was our speaker at graduation. Yes, she was. She spoke at our graduation. It was amazing. And the first word she said was, this is awesome. (laughs) Do you remember that? I remember that. And she was like, a girl like me from the Bronx speaking to you at Yankees. I mean, she made made a whole big deal about being at Yankee Stadium. Yes. Our graduation was at Yankee Stadium. Um, Okay, so the next one is number 102. Beanie Beanie Baby Baby Culture. Culture. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, Beanie Babies are still going strong. I saw one at the airport on my way into LA. It was a very perilous environment, but the Beanie Babies were a grounding force. And also, you know, what you can never forget is the fact that, you know, Beanie Baby culture also was Princess Diana culture. Yeah. Because it sort of gave us, you know, the um, Beanie Baby that was most famous. Which is the Diana Baby. Which was the Diana Baby. And also, never forget, we had our Peace Bear. Yes. And we also had... Um, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Seals. Many different things contributed to um, Beanie Baby culture. And ultimately, we were told they would come to be worth a lot of money. And that remains to be seen. But speaking of toys that were good for Christmas time, number 101 is... Furbies. Furbies. Making a big comeback, I would say. In the really? Meme, in the meme culture, I'm seeing a lot of Furbies. 
Not surprised to hear that. I mean, they're such crazy, crazy animals. I'll never forget when my uncle got me a Furby three or four years too late. Oh, yeah. And it was like three or four years after the Furby craze. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I just had this white Furby acting a fool in my closet. Mm. I feel actually very bad because even though it was a toy with no soul, it really did a good job of making you feel it did have a soul and feelings because they would be crying hysterically. Randomly. Begging for attention. In the middle of the night. Oh, honey. Terrible. So Furbies actually may have been um, scarring culture. I think they're scarring culture. Matt, we're at 101. We're halfway through the list. What do you think we should do? So number 100. Oh. Oh, okay. So maybe you're saying maybe we should start with 100. I think we start with 100. All right. So then literally I think we've gone through the first 100 of our – we've been 200 to 101 of our top 200 moments of culture. Yes. And I think that we've done an incredible job. I think job. we've done an incredible job. We hope that you agree with this list. You have to agree with the list because it's definitively empirically the list. Um, we're not going to do it, I don't think so, honey. No. Because this this episode is an hour and 45 minutes. But we are going to say we will see you later. And maybe the episode that follows this will be coming a little bit sooner than you think. Yes. <laughs> we'll have to talk to the producers. We're going to have to talk to the producers because we've made a lot of decisions without them. And they are very, we appreciate their flexibility and their adaptability in this process. Yeah. But we're doing something that no one's ever done before, which is catalog the top 200 moments in culture history. No one has ever done this before. And also, it's our 200th episode and we're very excited. Also, please remember that we're saying it's our 200th episode based on my count, which could be wrong. I will accept it as right. I I told you, I looked in your eyes and I said, I trust you. And remember that Bowen has not, done a count of the episodes even though i told him do you want to double check me and he said i trust you so i really i i put it to the viewers to count the episodes and tell me if i'm wrong but also deeply know that i don't care and that's not the point the point is to celebrate this landmark achievement for the pod and (laughs) recount the episodes and moments of culture that are really meaningful we're so drunk. drunk yeah um and I mean, this is the most fun I've had in months, but stay tuned for the remaining 100 top moments in culture history. You're not going to want to miss any of these. There's plenty to cover. And number one, I just want to say definitively, you can, you can, you can, you know, push back on the order of the list. Number one is in the exact deserving spot. Oh, number one is the number one moment in culture history. You will not dispute it with us. I would say that really everything is in its right place and there is no dispute. But before you think we've not counted something in, understand that there are a hundred more moments coming. So stay tuned. And we end every episode with a song. If I said I want your body now, if would you hold it against me? See you soon. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.